Folks, I'm also excited to announce that this podcast is brought to you by RX Bar. You've heard me talk about it in the show, um, but now it is official. So this episode is brought to you by the company I work for, RX Bar. Uh, if you haven't heard of us, you know we make most we're most well known for making protein bars with core ingredients right on the front. So you might have seen them before. They have the amount of egg whites, you know, nuts, dates. Uh, all the information of our core ingredients right there on the front of the packaging, uh, simple ingredients and um, bright colors is really the way I always like to explain it to people. Um, they have 12 grams of protein made with real simple food. We have indulgent chocolate sea salt, rich peanut butter and chocolate and tasty blueberry. But those are only a few. We've got thousands. No, just kidding. But with 17 flavors, there's plenty to choose from at rxbar.com. Rx Bar, simple good. And that's that's the uh, ad they wanted me to say. But I also wanted to go a little bit off the script. Um, you know, I've been at RX Bar now for almost three years. I have been, you know, into the health and wellness space for a while. And when I stumbled upon RX Bars for the first time, it was one of the, you know, first brands that I ever came across where they actually put the shit on that's in the packaging, the food you eat on the front. And, you know, after working there for three years, getting to know the founders, uh, you know, the executive team and working closely with all of them, um, it's it's really true. You know, the last main core ingredient we put on the front is no BS. And obviously, we all know what that stands for, but it's true. It's it's the way we operate as a company. We are very transparent and we don't lie about what we do and we don't lie about what goes in the food. So for me, it's been an amazing journey working at RX Bar, and I'm pumped to have them a part of the podcast. So, you know, everything in the RX Bar has a purpose, and that's something that I think really resonates with me. I mean, our egg whites are for protein, nuts are for texture, dates are to bind the bar, and everything is in there for taste. Um, so yeah, I, I'm pumped to have them a part of the podcast, Simply Finance with Shane White. Um, this has kind of been a dream of mine to finally start this and I'm and pumped to have their support. So everyone, if you want to check out, um, rxbar.com, I will add the link in the show notes. And of course we don't have just bars at this point. We have got lots of delicious and healthy products, including minis, which are smaller versions of our adult bar. We've got kids bars. We've got layers bars, which, uh, are this decadent combination of an RX bar with nut butter. Um, we have nut butters, uh, which come in single serve and multi serve, uh, and we have oats. So all of them come with simple ingredients. Um, they have, you know, the core ingredients on the front. It's it's the main component of our packaging, and really the way we go to market. So would love for you guys to check it out. If you want to check out any of our products, you can go to rxbar.com and, and use code REALFOOD, R-E-A-L-F-O-O-D, 20 for 20% off all online purchases. So thanks, RxBar, for being a part of the podcast, and our show will be up right after this. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Today, we have another episode about startup funding, more specifically, the different rounds of funding. So we'll talk through pre-seed, seed seed funding, uh, and then series A, B, C, and D, and what those all are. And I, I walk you guys through an example, uh, if it's me and my wife starting a business, just like how those rounds would work. So thank you for listening, and that episode will be up right after this.
Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. As promised, this is the follow-up episode to last episode, which was episode 72, um, when I talked about Startup Funding 101 and really the sources of capital. So talking through the different types of investors that you can get for your startup company. Today is episode 73, and this is going to be a follow-up of Startup Funding 101, and this one is going to be titled Stages to Funding. If you've you know, if you've ever been interested in a startup company or you've been into investing in the stock market, you've probably heard some of these terms before. And I thought this would be a fun episode, you know, in the middle of uh, the founder series that I've really gotten into on this podcast. I thought it'd be fun to walk through not only the sources and where the money can come from, but the different rounds and what they're called and why there's different rounds and, and all the fun stuff that goes into that. So I'll just jump right in. Um, so what is startup capital? It's something we've talked on here before um, and maybe have skipped ahead for those of you who you know really don't know a ton about it. But like, what are startup funds? Why do they exist? What do companies need them for? So you know, it completely depends on the type of company you're trying to start. Um, I will talk a little bit about food since you know I work at RX Bar and I do know the story of the founding of this company. I will, I'll dive in a little bit of that. So something like tech or, um, you know, pharmaceutical, some of those companies are going to be a little bit outside my realm, to be completely honest. And a lot of those companies need, uh, pro- probably need some of the seed mon- seed funding money that we'll talk about in a minute, uh, earlier on in the process, because you think about starting a tech company, you're probably going to need to hire people and you're, unless you know how to do um, you know, the coding and some of the back end work that a tech company would need to start. Um, most of the time you're going to need money to get it off the ground pretty quick, but for food, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, and it depends on the company. Um, you know, I've had a few on here that we've talked about raising money. Some have, some haven't, and, and they all have been at different levels of funding, but startup funding really is just think about, you know, if you wanted to start, um, you know, Let's talk about a bread company. I don't know why I just thought of that. But let's just say you want to start your own bread business. Uh, you know, in today's world, it's online. So you're going to start shipping bread to people uh, through the internet. And, uh, you know, what are the things you need right away, right? You probably need a computer. If you already have one, great, but you're going to need a computer these days. Um, you're going to need the ingredients. So you're, if you're making the bread from scratch, uh, then you're going to need all the raw ingredients to do that. Uh, you might have an oven, but let's just say you needed some sort of uh, additional oven to be able to make this bread the certain way that you want to make it. So you might pay for that. That could cost you, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Um, you're going to want a website. So you got to buy a URL and you got to be able to host it. So you got to pay hosting fees. Um, and maybe you're going to pay someone to design it. Maybe you're going to, you know, be a little scrappy like I would be. And you're just going to get on Shopify and uh, make your own website. Um, all these are options. But as I'm mentioning here, just spitballing an idea, obviously there's going to be, you know, there's going to be money needed. Now there's, there's multiple ways to do this. You can do what's called, and we've mentioned on here with plenty of companies, but you could do something called bootstrapping. And that just means you're going to use the money in your bank to pay all these costs. And then the hope is if you can bootstrap a business, you have enough money set aside in your own savings that you can pay for all the expenses and then build a business to a point where you're getting enough revenue. So you're making enough money in sales to cover the cost of the business and be what's called cash flow positive. So, you know, if you're making $100 in bread sales and it costs you $50 to run this business, 
a month, then you're making $50. If you have enough money up front to buy all the things you need, then you can just bootstrap it and you won't even need to raise money. You could ignore, if you can do that with your business, you could ignore the rest of this episode because then you're set and you're good to go. But a lot of businesses can't do that or a lot of businesses need more money than maybe the founders have available to them. And so, you know, your options at that point would be, you know, I don't have enough money to start this business, so I'm not going to start it, which that happens a lot. There's probably a lot of good business ideas that never come to fruition because people don't have the money and don't know they can raise money or don't even want to go through that process. And then there's these other people who decide, you know what, I'm going to raise money and I'm going to give out some equity in this business. Uh, and again, today we'll talk about this bread business. Uh, I don't know why I don't even eat that much bread. So it's funny that I thought of that, but I'm going to go with the bread business. And so what are these startup? So as I mentioned, all those costs, that is what the startup funds would cover. So, um, you know, it could be used, uh, for anything, right? It could be used for your office equipment, your bread materials, your website, all these things it could be used eventually to hire more people. It could be used for, you know, creating your own production facility, um, it could be paid for marketing, you know, getting on Instagram, Facebook, doing some ads. All that stuff is needed. All those are costs of running a business. So that is what they can be used for. It can be used for really anything, right? And now, if you think about startup funding, there are a couple different terminologies, and I'll walk through the different ones and what they represent. And that's what today's episode is all about. If you want to learn about the sources of capital or where you can get the money from, so the types of people or groups, Go back to last episode. Uh, I posted this uh, episode seventy-two, and that dives into that. So, if you have uh, if you have a business, the bread business is up and running, or at least we're thinking about it. We want to run this business, and we right now it's just me. And let's just say for a fun example, I'm going to get my wife involved, so she's going to become a fifty-fifty partner in my bread business. Now, at this point, we're in what's called like the pre-seed round. So if you think about, and I'll go back a little bit, backtrack, all the different rounds that go into um, you know, the journey of a company going uh, through its startup stages. The first one is usually called pre-seed. And, and before pre-seed, there's not really a, a general name for it, but most people can refer to either pre-seed or before the pre-seed as just the, fr- the friends and family round. And then there's pre-seed, there's a seed round, which is really important. We'll talk about in a little bit. And then there's what's called the series round. So series A, B, C, you could do a D, you could even do an E, Very, it's rare to do an E, but usually it's a series A, B, C, and potentially a D would be the rounds. And um, that's, that's what they're all called. Now, what I'll do is I'll walk through each of these. And like I said, the first one is normally called pre-seed. And so like, if let's say me and Kelly started our bread business, Let's say we have, you know, we have enough savings to maybe buy the first few batches of bread. Um, We have enough money to buy the oven, but honestly, like we don't have enough to get the website off the ground to pay for any marketing. And after we make the first run of bread, we have it ready to sell it. We're like walking around our neighborhood trying to sell this bread. We're going to a farmer's market selling this bread, Um, but we want to get it online. And honestly, we don't have enough money for the website, number one. And two, we don't even have enough money yet to pay for the next round of bread materials. So we might do what's called a family and friends round. And let's just say we go to um, my parents, my wife's parents, and um, you know, we send a big email out to all of my um, aunts and uncles. And let's say, um, let's say, you know, both our, our parents come back, they offer us some, some money. Let's say they both give us, you know, $10,000 a piece. And then let's say we go to, you know, let's say my wife's uncle 
or uh, you know, my aunt, someone like that gives you another $10,000. Now, originally me and my wife started this company, you know, we're married. So maybe this is a bad example, but we would have been 50, 50. And let's just say that, you know, as a, as a husband and wife, we own a hundred percent of this company. Now that we opened up the friends and family, you know, we can decide how much $10,000 gets them. And that's where evaluation comes in. So let's just say for fun math, um, let's just say we think our company at this point is worth a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. And that's, you know, we haven't done any sales. We just think we can do that. Um, so again, not a ton of data here, just, you know, rough numbers. And again, let's say that, um, let's use, I'm just doing this math here as I talk. So let's just say, um, yeah, our parents both give us $10,000, um, and we valued the company at a hundred thousand. So if you just do 10,000 divided by a hundred thousand, that would mean for a $10,000 investment, they would get 10% equity in the company. Now, if we, like I said at the beginning, if each of our parents, so 10,000 and 10,000 from each, and then one of, and then my aunt, let's say, gave us uh, 10,002. Now we have $30,000 in money to get started. Um, but in order to do that, we just gave up $30,000 or 30% of the company. So now me and Kelly's 100% just went down to 70%. And so now we own 70 and our friends and family own 30. So that's how like the friends and family round and pre or pre-seed money can work. In pre-seed money, you know, they're kind of the same thing, but usually friends and families are people go to first. That's really the most common versus going, you know, trying to find an angel investor, which is, you know, listen to yesterday's episode if you haven't yet, going to an angel investor and uh, trying to raise money from them first. So usually, you know, friends and family, and then you fall into the pre-seed money. At this point, you know, your company is about to get off the ground. So we, let's say we've gone to some um, farmer's markets. It's done fantastic. We, uh, we we launched the website now that we have some money and we're selling bread like crazy on the website and um, things are rolling, right? We're going, we're going uh, business to business. We're selling some in town, um, selling some around Chicago. And like I said, our website's doing great. At this point, maybe we're like, okay, the $30,000 got us to here we still maybe are not making enough profit yet. And so there's a whole thing from a financial perspective of like how much you're making on every bread loaf you sell, right? So at some point, you know, you can run out of money and this is what happens to a lot of companies. If you're not making, you're not selling it for enough and you're, or your costs are too high. So like if your costs are too high today, maybe you believe you can get your costs down as you grow. And so maybe you're just like, we just need more money pumped into the business in order to keep it growing. So if that's the case, then yeah, then you probably want to go to your pre-seed round. And again, this is usually friends and family. Maybe, you know, the founders would put in more money. So maybe me and my wife decided to put more money into the business. Um, and each time more money is put into the business in any of these rounds, you got to remember you started off with a piece of pie with 100% and that 100% was owned by me and my wife. And every round, it, you end the round and close the round with a valuation. So like I said at the beginning, when we went around with our family and friends, we said, hey, this business today is worth $100,000. And that's what we were basing their percentages off of. When the next round finalizes, the valuation could be the same. Hopefully it's going up, right? The hope is each round you close and each each progression you make through the fundraising um, progression your your uh, valuation is increasing. So let's say we're in the pre-seed round. We have friends and family. And now actually in the pre-seed round, our, our parents as well as, our, um, as well as my aunt have told 10 of their friends. And let's say now 10 of their friends come back to us and they want to put some money in. And without getting too complicated with actual numbers here, 
um, let's just say, you know, they're all giving us some money. They're all getting a small percentages, right? So every time we do this, that, that's exactly what happens. There's money getting handed to the business at a certain valuation, and there's a certain percent of equity or like share or ownership in the company that's shared out with those investors. So if now we're in this pre-seed round, let's say the valuation went up a little bit. We got some friends of our family to also get in. And boom, we think we have enough money now to run, you know, for the next six months. Fast forward six months, the website has been on a tear. We're in a bunch of little mom and shop uh, places selling this bread. Um, let's say we even got into a really small local grocery store and they're actually buying our bread and we're shipping the bread and things are going great. And we we could just think that if we only had, you know, a hundred thousand more dollars in money, maybe we could we could get enough to get into like a Whole Foods. And so maybe at that point we do what's called a seed round. And a seed round is really the major, the first major round of investing. Maybe in my example, in the pre-seed and family and friends, you know, they were giving us too much money. It's it's all relative depending on the size, excuse me, in the in the type of business. But now if we're in the seed round, now we're to the point where we're looking for, you know, angel investors or potentially other people in the industry that'd be willing to give money. So this is where maybe we're hitting the street. We're talking to our, our our network and trying to figure out who some of these people, you know, for us in Chicago might be. And um, at this point, you know, the business is um, hope for fruit for food. I would say, you know, hopefully the business is operational. For other industries, maybe it's not. For like tech companies doing their seed round, they could definitely be in the pre-operational phase, which is interesting, right? So for food, you know, in my example, I'm saying we're already selling, we're already in a couple places. That doesn't have to be the case. And again, so that's why these rounds are a little bit dependent on the type of company, the type of industry you're in, and just the the founders and what they want to do. So in the seed round, now again, this is like the second round. We had our pre-seed slash for friends and family round. Now we're in the seed round. And now we're getting some big time angel investors coming and talking to us. And we're we're actually getting some offers for some pretty big sums of money. Now, let's say in this seed round, um, you know, let's say we got into there's a there's a lot of these um, different like angel investing competitions. Let's say we got into a food related one and let's just say that we we didn't win. We didn't win this contest for our bread, but we met a angel investor there who is uh, really, really into our bread. So we come home, we end up getting a coffee a week later with this angel investor and this angel investor offers to give us a million dollars for X percent in the company. So we're like, okay, let's start the we start the seed round. You know, he puts money in, then he tells his his other angel investor friends, maybe um, you know, another lady who's an angel investor and another lady. Now there's three of them, they all put money into the seed round. Again, as you continue along the path round by round, your company is being increasingly, hopefully, valuated. So the worth of your company should be going up. And you're negotiating, right? You're negotiating. You may maybe we think our company is now worth a million dollars. And this angel investor thinks it's worth 500,000 and you're negotiating back and forth. This is the seed round is a good example, uh, similar to like, yeah, like shark tank where, you know, they're standing up there and they're negotiating how much the company should be worth, how much an investment amount should give them an equity in the company. So at this point for this food business, this bread business, we're up and rolling. And, um, like I said, I hadn't said this yet, but the, or, the normal seed funding range is pretty large for the seed round. It could be anywhere from you know 10K to 2 million. There's been seed rounds that have been larger than 2 million, um, but that's like the, the average that I found online. And so 
some of the common ones in tech would be like Techstars, Y Combinator. You might have heard of Bain Capital Ventures. Those are like some big names that are really into the seed round. So think of seed as like planting the seed for this business. It's early rounds. There could be some success, like in my example, for the bread business, but there may not. They may not even be operational. So those are the first two rounds. Pre-seed slash family and friends is number one. Number two is a seed round. The third round is called early, is really a group of two, and it's early stage funding. So now that we've finished our seed rounds, now we're going to get into our series rounds. And you think of your, I think of breaking the series A, B, C, and D into two parts. Early stage, which is round A and B, and late stage, which is round C and D. Now, round A is primarily those businesses that now at this point have legit business models that will deliver an immediate profit to their investors. Um, in these, in this first series, a round investors are really looking for like a high ROI on their investment. And they really are looking for companies that are, you know, in a, that will need a strategy for long-term growth. So, you know, for us, if we have a, a, a fundamental plan to be profitable, this is where we could attract some people for a series a now in this bread business, let's say, you know, after our seed round, we got an office, we hired a few people. But now we want to, we, we think we can actually be more profitable if we started our own manufacturing in this large and own this production facility for our bread. And let's say on top of that, we also want to start an office on the West Coast in California. We think we can get really good talent out there. Let's say that's where all of our production um, and, you know, supply chain will sit. And let's just say we want to grow into a, a bigger company with two offices now. At this point, we might be getting, we would want to go out to like venture capital firms and raise some serious money, right? We're, we're trying to become a legitimate business with multiple headquarters um, and, multi, and like creating our own product at our own, um, you know, warehouses or, uh, um, you know, supply chain network. So at this point, we're going to be asking for a lot more money and valuating our company quite a bit higher. So normally this round is looking at from the, you know, two to $15 million range is what series a normally raises. There have been plenty of examples where companies have raised a lot, a lot more, you know, and I would say on average, uh, you know, the, the low to mid 10 millions, um, is kind of where you see a lot of round A's these days. So that's what round A is. Once you would close a round A, again, you know, you had a new valuation, you negotiated how much of the pie went out to this new uh, group of people, and um, you keep moving. You kind of get to the same point. You want to keep growing. The amount of cash you're bringing in after your, your round A is great, but you need more to get, you know, we want to get a second production facility, potentially a third production facility. We want to hire, you know, all, we want to hire this entire new marketing team. We actually think, um, you know, by opening a third office, we can see this much more growth. So this is where venture capital, again, would be really heavy. Um, this is where, you know, you, you're seeing substantial growth. You think more funding can help fuel that. Um, and this is where you can be, become like a national substantial business at this stage, right? You already had earlier rounds of funding. You've continued your success. And this is where you can get into the tens of millions, you know, nearing a hundred million in funding, like major, major funding in round B potentially. And again, it can be totally all over the place, depending on the industry, depending on, um, you know, the size or just the stage of the company. But really around B is like, it's a major step. And usually around B of funding um, can be for a lot of money. So that's early stage funding. In early stage, I mean, at this point, you're a very legitimate business. You're on like this, the hockey stick stage of growth. And now you're in late stage funding. So if you decide at this point, you know, some people could stop there. They could have stopped at any of these stages and just, you know, been profitable 
had investors and grown the business that way. But let's just say we're on a rocket ship and we want to keep going. So late stage funding. Now we want to do a round C. At this point, we're now considered you know, a highly successful company and we're ready to take the business to an entirely higher level. Okay. Usually at this point, companies are valued above $100 million. Um, and at this point, companies are really wanting probably to create new products, acquiring other companies, um, or expanding their reach. So in our bread example, let's say, you know, we have just been killing it. We're like one of the e-commerce leaders in bread sales. Um, we're in like all major grocery stores. We're in, uh, we're in Costco even like we're in, like, we're basically everywhere. We're distributed everywhere. We're, we're, we're killing it. And at this point we want to launch, um, we want to launch a French toast. So not just a regular toast. We got this crazy new idea for a new type of French toast that we want to launch. So we need money for R and D and we need money to launch and bring this idea to market. We also decided, Hey, there's this other bread company that's been, you know, they have some good ideas, but we really, we don't want to buy their company for ideas. We want to buy it so we can, you know, use their production facilities, which are, you know, top of the line. So we also want to use this money to acquire another bread company. And then third, but not least, we decided, hey, this model is working phenomenally in the US. Why can it not work in Canada, in Europe, in Asia? And we're going to go global. So this round C, we're looking for major, major money. And we want to go global. We're launching a new product here in the US. And we want to buy another company for their supply chain. So at this, at this stage, I mean, this is a very well-known company for the most part. Most people have probably heard of it. And again, you're looking for major money from major players. Um, you, you know, in any of these stages, you could also have more angels. It's not, it's all, it's possible. You normally though, at this stage of the game, a lot of angel investors have probably missed out on the larger pieces of the pie that were available earlier in a pre-seed or a seed round. And now you're looking at venture capital firms that are coming in. They know at this point you're, you've proven success. So the risk is slightly lower and you're, you're guaranteeing them hopefully maybe a smaller ROI, but a more, uh, a lower risk ROI, if that makes sense. So if you make it through round C, we get all this, we're global. We are a, a, a global powerhouse in bread. We're profitable. We are, we are just honestly, at this point, we are, one of the big players in the food business, especially, and we are number one in bread. And we decided to do a late stage funding round D. Um, we're gonna, it's very VC heavy, which, you know, venture capital firm heavy. And really the whole point here is to help us continue to just kind of check off the boxes for a few more things we want to prove in our growth cycle before we go and do an IPO. So before we go become a publicly traded company. That would be the, the late stage. You can go beyond round D, but again, as you're kind of hearing this, like if you've done this many rounds of funding, normally at this point, after a stage uh, D or a, sorry, a series D um, funding round, you will want to probably go, go public. That's usually the next step. So that is all of the stages of funding. And then the last one, you know, I've done an episode on IPOs, but you can go back and listen to that. If you go public, then at that point, the money you're gaining would be from public investors like, you know, like myself on Robinhood buying hashtag bread on uh, on Robinhood when this bread company goes public. So I hope that was fun. Uh, that was fun to just talk through the, the idea of starting a bread company from idea with me and my wife to, you know, doing a friends and family round from my, my you know, both our parents and one of my aunts giving us some money early on for a little bit of the pie to then meeting some angel investors and uh, getting money that way to then, you know, doing a full blown seed round and getting some VC money, uh, money 
to then doing a full series A, B, C, D, and then taking our company public. So that's just an example, again, a food industry example, because that's what I know best. Um, if, you know, if anyone is interested about learning how that would slightly be different for like a tech business, let me know. That could be a fun one. I could talk through different ways that different industries go through these rounds. Um, for tech, that's definitely a more common, um, common one. And, um, one that is definitely a little more stringent and stress stretched out, I would say across the different rounds, because tech's going to have, um, you know, a lot of that early on funding done before they've ever sold anything or done anything. So there's a lot of different little ins and outs of that. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Hope this was fun. Uh, it was fun for me to do some of the research. I'm, as you can tell from the founder series, I'm very into, um, the startup world and how it all works. And I think raising money, um, personally, I think if you can bootstrap it, that is a hundred percent the way to go. And I can even maybe do an episode on bootstrapping itself. Cause I think it's an interesting concept as a whole. Um, but I hope this helps. Hope this helped you understand a little bit about the different rounds of funding from pre-seed to seed to series A, B, C, and D. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't listened to the one from a couple of days ago, Startup Funding 101, Sources of Capital, I talk through what an angel investor is, um, what a venture capitalist is, and the different ins and outs of those different groups that can give you money as a startup. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to that. And uh, thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate the support and I hope you guys have a fantastic day. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Hello, everybody. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Real quickly, we have a few links in the show notes. As always, the if you want to get into investing, uh, Robinhood is my, in my opinion, is the best app to use, and I have a link to that. And you can get a free stock if you click the link and sign up. If you want to know, you know, start off with some companies that I'm following in the stock market uh, and kind of get an idea of you know companies you can invest in. You can click on the COVID stock market rebound tracker, and that's a full list there of the companies I'm keeping an eye on. And then as you heard in the, in the uh, ad at the beginning, there's a link to RX bar as well as Whoop. We didn't talk about it in this episode, but I left the link in there. Um, it's a human performance band that I wear every day and every night. Uh, and it's honestly the coolest thing I've ever had on my wrist. So check that out. And again, you can get a free month on Whoop if you use the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And I hope today's episode was as fun as it was for me to record. And we'll be back with a new episode soon. For now, have a great evening. And we'll be back with a new episode soon. Thanks, everybody.